Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Gaelic Lives, the podcast brought to you by the team here in Gaelic Life. My name's Michael McMahon, and this week I spoke to former Derry Camogie star Kitty McAnenley. Kitty now lives in Tyrone in Ballygolly, a native of Cargan. She explains how she ended up playing Camogie for Castle Dawson and Derry. Uh, she talks about the integration going forward of all codes in the GA family, among other things. We hope you enjoy the chat, a really interesting career, and as always, for all your GA coverage across Ulster, don't forget to check out GaelicLife.com. So, Kiri, uh, welcome to the, the, the podcast. Great to, great to chat, and uh, great to hear you're still back playing, and big game last night, so how did things go? Uh, thank you, Michael. Um, oh, it was good. We so we played Rossa um, two Saturdays ago, and they it was a pretty tight game as well. And to be fair, last night we were probably missing our best player, um, Maria O'Neill. She was on fire that day against Rossa. She scored three, four or something, um, and she plays football from one of glass, so she wasn't able to play last night. So we won two ten to two seven. But um, it was a pretty, it was a pretty tight game. To be fair, um, I think maybe we might have been. No, they got a goal in the first half, and then that put them ahead by two points. Um, so then we came back. I think it might have been two eight to one four, maybe with ten minutes to go. And then Fanula Kelly, or not Mate Fanula, Maeve Kelly came on, um, and she scored a goal within about I'd say a minute or two minutes of her being on. So whenever that goal went in, then it was sort of panic mode it was I remember I remember their manager um uh what's his name McKillian um he shouted that to one of the players that there were seven minutes left and it seemed as if it was the longest seven minutes do you know just I don't know it seemed as if it just was never going to end well so, you just got there and uh we got there but I think we play the winners of um Cushendall play Dunloy now on Saturday so I think we Meet the winners of them. So um, he's recently had a new baby, and you're back out playing. So is it just great to be back at it? Just on a general point of view, you've, you've yeah, played, um, played Kamogi all your life, so I'm sure you're buzzing to be back, back at it. I know. I think that's what my husband always says. You know, he always says, um, you know, you were you were big into Kamogi long before I ever met you. So you know, why would I? You know, he would always say like, why would I? stop you or prevent you from going so like playing for Cargan um mommy and daddy's house is literally I think it's something like a 25 second drive from the pitch um so you know you can easily you can easily go up and spend the evening before or after training you know or a match so I've only to be honest I've only came back in the last month um because I had a I had a section with my baby this time and I wasn't just sure how long you know, she was born in May, so I don't know, maybe by all accounts I'm back too early, I don't know, but I feel fine. Um, but I love going over, because I'm off, um, I can go over and stay over. You know, during the summer we would just go over and I would take what, whatever children want to come, or maybe them all, and then we stay in mum and daddy's that night, or you know, they come down to training and then we just, I think it's just nearly, it's so handy, you know, to the pitch that um, you can, it's easily to 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 go when you're over there but my sister still plays and my sister Una is the chairperson so there's I suppose a huge involvement like Ermora is 40 
she'll be radiant me saying this, but she's 43 there um, at the start of the month and she's our goalie. So um, it's just, you know, in a way, there's, I'd say maybe this might be our last year. I don't know how long this is traveling for me and for Maura. She teaches in Coleraine and lives in Calray. Um, so it's just, it's hard getting over, you know, and to, to attend most of the time, but it's good. I enjoy it. Like, it's just a social thing, you know, and a lot of the girls, like, I went to school with and, um, a lot, you know, we grew up, like, our parents, there's a few of the families, like, our parents are real good friends and you just, you've known them from, you were knee high, you know. And I remember doing an interview with Maura to... It was to mark Castle Dawson's championship one, and I remember her saying, you know, that you know, whenever you grew up, there was no camogie. So, yeah, your mother, she was the teacher in the school, as she ended up over in yep. Castle Dawson, wasn't that the gist of uh-huh. it? So, mommy taught a new role for maybe 31 years or something like that. So, when we we went to school with her, obviously in Castle Dawson's, she always said it was handier for her to take us with her rather than look for a childminder in Tum to lift you from Tum school and take us home and everything. Um, so we, I think what that, that, I assume that's what happened. We ended up playing for Castle Dawson because all the, you know, there was no, there was no camogie in Cargan until 2007, was it? Um, so, and like, it's funny when I'll never forget the day we went with our transfers, you know, to leave them over to Castle Dawson because, you know, obviously we knew at that time, we knew that Cargan were definitely putting in a senior team. Um, and it was just, it was just the most, it was the most horrible experience, you know, but Castle Dawson always said, we always knew that, you know, if Cargan ever started a team that we would have been, you know, that we would have just jumped at the chance and they were very good about, you know, they're very nice about it. I think one of the things they said to us was um, they always knew that we were on loan to them, you know, because if Cargan ever started mm-hmm. a team, like we, we grew up, coming home from training for Castle Dawson and the boys always played their league matches on a Wednesday night I think it was and like we would have been driving up the road and been like is there a match on you know if there was a match on then you just you called in you watched if there was 15 minutes left or two minutes left and then came on up home after that and there was a hole in the hedge closer to her you know at the end of the pitch near our house and we just always would have jumped that and you know you just always I don't know you just always had that desire I suppose to wear a Cargan jersey and then but it has been good. Like it's, I think this is our eighth year, maybe. Um, we started the senior started in 2015, so it actually doesn't seem that long. And like, was camogie your first sport? You know, bearing in mind yeah. you didn't have it, was it just literally at primary school? You somebody handed you hurl and that was it? Yeah, I think. Um, yeah, we never. I think out of my house, our house, I was the only one that played ladies football. Um. There was a man, Eddie McKeever, who actually passed away there recently. Um, he was from Money Glass. Um, or he's, he lived in Tomb, but he um, was big into Money Glass. And I remember him coming. He had a blue, you know, one of those Volkswagen Caravelle vans. Or yeah. I don't know if I'm saying that right. But he used to come and pick people up to take them to training. Um, so I would have went to football, you know, if you, had, if you were free. You would know Camogie. But I always, you know, Camogie was always first in our house. Um and then I think, I don't know, many years, I played Craig in football maybe for a few years. There was another man, Martin McAteer, and he would have came down, you know, when, I, when you weren't able to drive. He would have picked you up and took you to train in our matches as well. Um, but Camogie was just, I suppose, always number one, you know, in our house. And then what the, what was school Camogie like then? St Mary's you went to, like it would have been sort of, I suppose, 
big tradition in there. Oh, it was, yeah. We had um, Rita Morn, Mickey Morn's wife, and Patricia Cooney. So they were our coaches, like, for the whole duration that we, us, you know, our three girls were at school. Um, and, like, Camogie and St Mary's was massive, you know. I'd say it still is. I can't imagine it being any different. Um, but we, we actually done quite well, you know. We won... Um, we won a we won when I was first maybe first to fifth year I think we done quite well in the junior and senior championship or the ulsters and then I think maybe I might have been captain maybe in my last year at school um, and we were beat by St Pat's up in um, casement we were playing that day up in casement and I think if, if I remember rightly that was the day I was marking Claire McMullen from Slatnail <laughs> so yes. it was just it was a real it was a real hard battle um that day I always remember that match that was my last game for the school you know but like we trained at lunch times we trained after school Um, I remember even one Christmas training there was a hill down between the all-weather pitch and then the top pitch and it just like we called it Kill Hill and it was just like it was frozen, like it was hard, solid, and Miss Morn, Mrs. Morn, and Miss Cooney had us running up and down this. Like when you think back now, like somebody could have <laughs> fell and broke their leg or anything. Um, but you know that was that's what we done. Like they came and took us, you know, um, through school and and like we, last year we tried um, or we began. I teach in the Sacred Heart Nova, so we started Kamogi um, there last year and like. I, I'm just thinking if I had asked the girls to come in over Christmas time, they maybe would have stood and looked at me and thought, is she joking or is she being serious? But I don't know. But you just done it. You know, you trained at lunchtime, you raced to get changed to go back to class and you didn't know any different. Yeah. And I suppose you're you're probably the same as, as the rest of us. When you think back to school, if you're if you're sporty, those are things you'll always remember. Like you'll yeah. get your exams and all those things, but it's yeah. probably the sport that you'll... Probably oh, like, people you meet the most and probably still know, you know, from school. Yeah. Um. When I think back to school, like I know I didn't do probably as well as I could have in GCSEs and A levels, but I never missed. I'd safely say I probably never missed one training or match. You know, the whole time I was going through exams and things, and I'd say my sisters were the same. Do you know, we just you still need that we sort of release and you know. I wasn't one for revising anyway. I, I I did revise, but I didn't do it the way some of my friends done. You know, they were very studious and done really well in the results. But I just was there, if there was cross country on athletics, um, anything to get out of school for the day, I was away at it. Um, but I suppose in hindsight, you love you would love to go back and do better than you done, or just put a bit more effort in. But it was they were the best days of your life, so I've no regrets that way. And and what about Castle Dawson Camogie? Because I just, well, I suppose I remember doing that article and I remember Morris saying that you'd scored the winning goal in the dark that day at Swatra to, to win the oh, championship. Oh, yeah, but, but, that was probably you know, one of the... Um, Castle Dawson, our days at Castle Dawson were brilliant. Like, we had a really good, we had a really good under-12 and under-14 team. We won the league, I think, and we won the Fela in under-14 as well. And that year it was in Belfast, it was in Antrim um, for the Fela and... Then I suppose after that, there was quite a few girls, you know, we did lose a lot of girls, maybe around like under 16 age. So if you look at the, if you look at the 2006 team picture, there's only maybe, there's me and Geraldine Mulholland and Roshan O'Kane and maybe Sinead Haney. And I think we were the only four that were in that sort of era of the 20, you know, the year we won the Fela. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so we did lose a lot, but like Castle Dawson, to be fair, should have won a lot more championships than we did. Um, you know, we got there in 2004, and I think Lave, I Lave beat us in the final in Swatra that year. Um, and then I think they beat us in the first round the following year. Um, I'm terrible at remembering things like this, but in, and then 2006 we got there. It was um, it was brilliant. We got I think we got a goal. We got the goal and then we got a free. We maybe got a 45 yard free um, after the goal and then we scored that. And then I just remember my and I remember after that free going over. I remember running back, you know, everybody ran back as far as they could. It was nearly as if we were trying to defend, you know, we knew that time was nearly up. And whenever the whistle went, you know, I still remember the first person that I, that came over that jumped the fence was Woody McKinley, Dominic. (laughs) And like, those are the memories, you know, that you just, they were just, they were brilliant days, you know, and Irma still talks about, she went out, I think maybe every night for, for two weeks, you know, celebrating after that. But, um, she she was telling me at the time that uh, Patty Henry Senior, God rest him, she had uh, she said she suffered from nerves and he prescribed uh-huh. her an RFL the night before. <laughs> it was actually the thatch. The thatch, um, sorry, the thatch. He, uh, so, uh, him I, don't and know, I don't know how that goes down with preparation nowadays, but it worked. No, I think it would be totally frowned upon. But Patty just he was he just he had, a, he had an unbelievable way about him. You know, he, he was very calm and. But he just seemed to get it out of us. You know, he kind of instilled that belief in us that we were able to do it. I remember that year as well. He took us to Port Stewart Strand and had us running up and down the sand dunes. Um, I think it was the day after St. Patrick's Day. So there was a few people that were finding it pretty um, hard in the lungs. You know, they'd been out the night before. But I suppose those are the things maybe you have to do, you know, to win championships. I don't know. But um, he just definitely had, God, he was brilliant, you know. Um, but took, yeah, him and young Sinead Paddy was one with him. I think was he was he sort of coaching Claire and goalkeeping or whatever, or he was in around. Yeah, um, and the the other two, um, Peter and Chrissy were there as well. It was like it was like Paddy and the three boys. You know, the four of them were always there, and I, I can't think back. Like the boys must have been very young, but Paddy, I suppose, was Paddy Junior, um, was older. You know, and like sure he was so skillful. He is so skillful at hurling himself, um. And they all, I suppose they all had a part to play in it, you know, but I think they just had a real good way with them, you know, that everybody got on really well. And um, Paddy just had, he just had a way with them, you know, of getting on with everybody. And he just seemed to, he was your friend at the same time, but at, at the same time, you knew you just had to do what he said. And that, you know, he reminds me of um, John, John A. Mullen or, J, you know, that John, took A. Us the year, John A. that took us the year in 2012. You know, um, when I think back, we we played. Do you know we were playing Galway and we were playing, oh Dublin and Offaly and all those teams. And like after every match, you know, Johnny, it was just was if you the year in 2012 we weren't beaten at all. I think we drew the only match we drew was with Galway and Castle Dawson, and the rest of the games we won. Um, and then we drew in Coke Park, obviously later in the year, but. After every match, no matter where we were at in the country, John A was like, pull in there and get a few drinks and we'll get us all calmed down. And, you know, we just we got a few drinks on the bus or whatever. And it just, you know, like John just, he, he used to wind me up so much at training. And like, I remember one night he made us do laps up. It's not even laps of the pitch, just this sort of laps. It was like a drill. And he just was doing it purely because like, 
I, you know, he knew I was annoyed. I can't remember what had happened, but he still talks about it, you know, about how, and he just made us run and run. And <laughs> I was, I was just like a pure, I don't know, I was just being real thick, you know, I was not wanting to do it, but he made us do it out of pure madness, but he was brilliant too. Um, do you know, I, I, like when I think back to the managers, you know, we had Podrick and Susan Omanine for, um, Oh, two, I'm not sure in total how many years. But when I think back, their children were the age my children are now. And they were coming in from work, taking Kleena, uh, Podrig and, isn't Podrig the second one? And then, no, Rory and then uh, Rory, Cahill. Rory. Rory's and then playing Cahill. for Slapneal Seniors now. Um, Cahill's underage, not sure what age now, but... Like they were babies, like they were literally toddlers. And Melinda Robinson and Maura McCloy literally babysat them at training and they managed us, took them home. And Susan says they just lifted them into bed. And um, when I think back now, if that was me, you know, you just, I don't know, I suppose maybe, I don't know how they done it. I honestly don't. I, just, I suppose it's uh, no surprise that those kids have grew up just playing. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. You know, probably with like Paddy and Chrissy Henry the same. So it's just part of it, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. And I suppose I always think children, you know, that are brought up with the GA and football, Harlan Camogie, whatever, I always think that it's a very safe environment for them because when I bring some of mine to training, you know, everybody knows, oh, that's Katie's wee boy or, you know, that's like, you know, you know whose children's are who, and everybody sort of nearly watches out for them. Do you know because they know whose children they are, and then you know if they're going somewhere they shouldn't be, they'd be say, "Oh, you should be over there." Or I don't know. I just always find that it's it's a safe environment, and uh, sure, once they go to when the children go to a pitch, they end up playing in the astroturf with ten or twelve other children, and sure, it's a real, you know, it's just a real social thing for them, and I think it's a brilliant way of being brought up for them. I suppose you maybe see I'm that ba- thing. Maybe I'm biased. You see that thing nowadays at half time where the, the pitch is full of kids. You know, uh-huh. for a while the GA didn't allow that. You know, the yeah. ground staff was nearly keeping them off. But mm-hmm. like, it's just great to see that when you go to games. Oh, it's brilliant. Like Errigal were playing Glen last year in Celtic Park in the Ulster Championship. And I remember, you know, like my son James would have been, what, 11, do you know, at the time. And he just, he couldn't wait just to even get walking out onto Celtic Park, you know, never mind just going out and kicking ball or, you know, whatever. And I even remember that day, my youngest um, at that time, Tomas, he was three and he walked down onto the pitch and we could see him. He was right down in front of us. We were down near the front, but he came up the wrong set of stairs, you know, so he went out a different gate when he was on the pitch and then we yeah. lost him. Like he didn't come back to us. And um, then, oh, it was such a handling. Like the match was playing and I was doing up and down each set of stairs looking for Tomas. And then eventually a steward had got him. God, when I think of it. <laughs> Thousands of people and us walking like the match on and me running around looking for a three-year-old child. God, some people would probably say you were a bit careless, but oh, I don't know. The, the GA family found a way of getting them back. Yeah, I don't, I don't even know who found them, but somebody, I think, I think, I actually think it was Tommy Hackett, a man that um, lives down near us here in Ballygolly, and I think he said, oh, I think that's Connor and Katie, see boy. I think it was him. I, can't, I must ask, out of curiosity. And you said last week to me, and uh, the thing you were doing for Gaelic Life, uh, Ergil Ladies, is that a, is that a runner? 
Well, apart, I'm going with, um, so Enda McGinley's wife, Geraldine, um, she's Geraldine McCann from yes, Cargan. Yeah. Um, so Geraldine was telling me that she was sort of hoping that they would do a seconds team. And then she said to me maybe about two months ago, and I was like, so does that mean you, she, she did play for Eagle for years there? Um, and I was like, does that mean are you going to play? And she goes, oh, well, I might. And then I was like, oh, well, I'll go if you go. So then um, the two of us sort of laughed at it. But I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't mind. Obviously, I would miss the camogie and um, Cargan and that, but at the same time, it's just I think you have to realise that you can't just keep travelling over the road all the time. And um, you know, when I go back to school, I'd have to leave school and go from school to go over to training and matches. You know, you wouldn't be coming home. Um, so I suppose Ergil would just be handier. So only you know ten minutes up to the football pitch and back down again. So and that means if the wee ones have training at the same night then you're sort of killing two birds with one stone, you know, that you can be there with them too. And your kids play for for Ergel. Do they play then, um, do they play Hurling as well? Like what, what yeah. ages are they? Uh, so James, James actually broke his leg there um, the night before school started. He was starting St. Cairns um, on, what, the 31st of August. And they were playing Arbo down in the playing fields. And he, um, he broke his leg just on the... Big, uh, sort of at the front of his shin so he is what well, he's under 12 um and then Maeve is under eight and then Aiden I suppose is under sixes and then Tomas is the fundamentals or whatever um but I suppose they play for Ergel and then there's a hurling club in Ballygolly which sort of caters for the whole Clogher Valley so yes there's there's kids from Kalishal, um Clogher, Oher and Ochtenclaw and Ballygolly then they all so I, I think maybe it's about seven six or seven years maybe um it's been going so as they're going well like on a Monday night that's whenever they have all the training so in the Ballygolly playing fields um there could be maybe up to 100 children you know in different age groups there's under the under sixes going to the astroturf you know in the cage um and then the big boys are under 13s they go out onto the Gaelic pitch and then there's a soccer pitch and then that's when the under 10s and under 8s they play out in it so it is seeing a nice warm summer's night it is lovely to see you know them all um playing away so you know it's like anything starting a new club is is difficult but the committee I suppose there's two men from do you know you know Declan Bogue Yes, I do, yeah. Um, so Declan, um, he's vice chair this year. Then you have Cahill McGarry, he's from Fermanagh as well. Um, then there's a man from County Clare, Brian Cummins. Um, there's a girl from County Clare, Katrina, she's married to Dermot McGurr, or not Dermot McGurr, Patrick McGurr. And then, do you know um, Orla McNichol from Swatra? Yeah. Do you know Clare McNichol? So Orla's married to Dermot McGurr here as well. So it's a real blowing of people you know from different counties and areas and Louise Dugan uh, or Louise um, uh, Doherty is actually helping out as well Claire's sister yes so it's just it's quite random how everybody comes together you know Hi, <laughs> because I remember doing I actually did an interview with Cahill about that about the club last year uh-huh. for Gaelic Life and it was actually Declan put me on to him but is there is there camogie then as well? You yep, know, so are, are the kids playing together younger? When does camogie start then? Well, do you know, at the beginning, the girls played with the boys. And then, you know, I'm meaning like a few years ago. And then it's probably only in the last couple of years that the girls have, um, you know, there's enough there for 
like an under 10 team on their own. Um, there's a couple of girls here, maybe above, you know, they're above 12 and 13. So in a way, we're trying to hold on to them that they don't get lost because so next year we're hoping to play in the post Premier League to kind of have games for that age level. Um, so like this weekend, Airog and Carrick Moore having, you know, they're having a tournament. Um, so I think maybe Ballandary, the loop, um, did I say Ballon Screen maybe on the list? Um, they're coming to it as well. So I think we have, I think we've real good numbers for under tens, you know, for that age group. So like they're doing well. Um, but the boys won, you know, the Tianog. Um, yes. They played in that under thirteen and a half league this year. Um, and they played like true, you know, across just at the other side of Auchincloy, you know, in yeah. Monaghan there. Um, and they played oh, Straban maybe and Lisbalaw, teams like that. Um, so they got presented with their wee medals there on Monday night. And then that was the last night of training, you know, for, I suppose, for most of them. And then they'll maybe try and keep some of them going through the winter. Never a dull moment. Never. Um, I can, I can, just hearing you talk about the names and the age groups and, and, and the progress, it's not hard to know why you were back playing again last night. You know, the GA never leaves you. No, I know. And I dread, I, like I always say that, like even my husband always said, you know, he always says, he thinks, he wonders what kind of mood I'd be in if I didn't have Kamogi to go to. <laughs> um, but I, I know, I know you just, started yeah. playing hurling at primary school, but like, where did the interest come? Because you've obviously got a fanatical interest. Is it just something that you've always had just growing up? Um, I think, well, Maura, or Maura obviously started playing before us. And then, you know, we had a, we had a barn in our yard, like in the farm, and there was two windows in it. And that was our goals. You know, we used those two windows and it got to a stage where daddy put like this wire stuff in front of them because we kept breaking the windows, you know, so much. And like, I think maybe with Maura playing in Castle Lawson first and then, you know, like anything, once one child starts, then the other one goes. But like, I don't know. I think we probably had a good team in primary school as well. You know, Charlie Boardman um, was our principal at the time and he, I remember, I remember playing for the boys in a football match up in Turkeyan, and mm. he had this black BMW, and I still remember, like it wouldn't happen now, but I remember all the boys going over to the pitch, and I had to get changed. Me and this other girl, Jerlene, had to get changed in the back of his car, like into her, you know, jerseys and shorts and things. And I think, like it was, it was mad, but. I suppose Daddy's family, you know, the McEwans, um, from they were Craig and you know, and people always used to say, Oh, your granny's turning in her grave because you're playing for Derry and <laughs> you know, things like that. But I, I don't know, I suppose maybe we just played it and then you know we just mummy was always very good. You know, she she I don't know how she done it. Daddy was farming, he was milking every evening, so you know, mummy did all the running, she took us to trainings and matches and um then I suppose whenever Maura was able to drive, then she we were playing for the county at that time together. So the two of us then would have travelled together. And I don't know. I'm just uh, like... And, and your uncle was McAfee's, did they? They yes. played for Derry. So uh-huh. there, was, there was sport on the other side as well. Is that, yeah, is that so, through your mother's side? Yeah, so Mummy's two brothers, Malachi and James. Malachi was actually home there last week. There was a reunion for Derry footballers in Mahara. So he was at that. Um, and then he went back to Melbourne there on Tuesday. Um, so James and him both played for Blaine. And then Malachi was playing in that era of 
when Austin Stacks beat them, you know, in the in yeah. the All Ireland seventy-seven. Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't have known the year, but um, so I suppose like Malky is as strong as an ox, even yet. Like I think when we were talking to him there on Saturday, we went down to Ahadui to see him, and he is seventy-five, but he's I suppose maybe it's his lifestyle and you know living in Melbourne and you know he's got sun all the time and just real good climate or whatever but he just he doesn't look 75 anyway he's he's as strong as an ox make you feel jealous wouldn't it oh my god i know (laughs) (laughs) i don't think i'll ever get to australia the cost of taking five children and us two would be astronomical um you mentioned dairy there um was there ever a a thought of playing for antrim or was it just from castle dawson dairy and, and and Studying in there, was it just a natural choice at the time? Well, do you know, I don't remember. I don't remember this, but this is what Mummy would say. But we were playing in a primary school splits in Porkinon, and now I don't know who the person was. Um, but somebody came over and asked, "Would I play for Derry?" Um, I I must. I'll maybe ask Mummy. She might remember who it was. But it, I think that's how it came about. You know, I could have played for Antrim. I think um, it would only would have been a matter of declaring what county you were playing for. But whoever it was at the time came over and asked, would I play for Derry under-14s or something like that? And then obviously I said, yeah. And then it just, I suppose Antrim never really... I remember, you know, we would have been going to Mass, obviously, in Cargan Chapel, like, all our life. All our life. And, you know, when you when I think of the girls that play for Cargan now, like Eleanor Mallon, Brona Laverty, Sinead Laverty, you know, and Catherine Mallon, like, those are the ones that we grew up with. And... Uh, they played for Antrim, you know, like Eleanor and Sinead played for Antrim for years. And, you know, like I, Eleanor done goals for Antrim. And I remember us playing up in Craigan, you know, one time she was doing goals. And apparently, you know, she she always said about, do you remember that time you hit me in the head with your hurling goals? And, you know, there was always a lot of good banter. Um, But I don't think it, I don't think there ever was a question of, would you not play for Antrim? I think once you just, we started playing for Derry, then that was it. It was just... Like Ealing and Kate Laverty played for Derry too, um, yeah. you know, and they live further into to Cargan than we do. You know, we're so close to Tim, but they're right up, um, you know, on up past the lock. Um, and their mother was Green Lock. So they played for Green Lock because obviously Cargan had no camogie. So she mm-hmm. took them over there. Um, and like they're cousins of the, you know, the Sinead and Brona Laverty, who did play for Andrew. So... It's funny when you look back on it. And then I suppose you were you were obviously playing for Castle Dawson, and like out of your school camogie teams, like obviously St Mary's would would have some Tyrone, some Antrim, some Derry would 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 have nearly been half and half in terms of Derry and Antrim from your friendship group at school or that would it have been? Yeah, probably it probably would have now when you say that. Um, a lot of the girls that I you know hung around with in school didn't play camogie, you know, even for school. Um, or a county or anything. Do you know, a lot of my friends, you know, they, they always. I remember them coming, a carload of them coming to our match in Belfast that day. Um, but yeah, there would have been there was there was people there from um, Tyrone, like Cookstown, and Kildress, those areas. But most of most of the people would have been um, Derry or Antrim. When you when you think of it. <coughs> and what 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 was Derry sort of. You know, what was the dairy campaign like? You know, I know you said that all Ireland in 07 you'd have been involved in. Was it junior? Claire, mm-hmm. Claire Doherty would have been playing. Yeah. Like, was... 
you know, were these always good, strong teams growing up, or what was the sort of progress going into senior level? You know, well, for under 16s and you know that age group, I remember, I remember playing Cork and Lavi um, one summer. And I don't know, I honestly don't even know what kind of competition it was. It was maybe, maybe it was like an Ireland championship or something. Um, and Bridge Corkery was playing that day. And I'm not exaggerating when I say she probably scored everything. Do you know, they literally hammered us off the pitch. And it was just, you know, we were getting hammered all the time when we were playing in under 16s and, you know, under 18s for the county. And then... I, I don't really know what happened. I suppose maybe a lot of the girls just stuck together. Do you know, there was Breach Convery, there was me, you know, you had Claire Kane, you had Katrina Pappy, um, you know, a lot, and Claire Doherty. A lot of those girls, and, you know, Catherine Pickering, Dimpna Burke, you know, all those girls, they were, you know, they were obviously slightly older than us, but we all kind of just, Gronya McGoldrick was sort of in that group as well, around my age, and we all, they kind of brought us on you know me Gronya and Bridge like we were the younger ones of the team um and we would have went to say like Cork and Wexford I remember going one day to Wexford and playing two games in one day we hadn't enough players for the two teams and we had to play a senior and an intermediate match on the same day and like the night before me and my sisters we thought it would be a good idea to camp out like in an actual (laughs) tent and like we had to get up at six o'clock the next morning to go to on this bus to um Wexford and like the stupidest thing ever like we we were aching do you know because we weren't even lying on proper beds we were just lying no breakfast nothing it was just up and away and uh, when I when you think back but um I suppose in our in our underage years of playing Derry when we played the southern teams you know we found it very hard to compete with them um but it was only whenever we started when, when we were in the junior then, you know, a lot of those girls did stay together. And I suppose it's like anything, you just progress. Um, so junior, I think we got beat by Dublin maybe in 06 before that. And then it was 07 then that Ashley and Diamond scored the winner in Crow Park that year. Um, Claire, no, but, was it? Um, oh, it was Claire that we beat in 07, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, and like drama followed you because she's obviously that winner. And then when he's won the All Ireland, it took a replay. So yeah, um, God, like that that 2012 year, like we just, I remember John A saying the whole year, we can't look past our next game, and you know he he just repeated that every day. You know, anytime we were playing a match, he was like, "There's no point thinking of who you're going to play after this," and you know, in a week's time or two weeks time, you know, he literally the year before maybe we didn't do that. I can't remember. Um, but he always just said, you know, you just have to take it one game at a time. And that year, you know, we weren't, we drew with Galway and Castle Dawson. And then we drew that day in Croke Park. And we were just, like, I always keep saying I must watch them back again. You know, those games, like, they were, they were just brilliant. Like, I'm, I'm glad we actually did win it that year because you would have been devastated, you know, if you hadn't have got over, over the line. But, you know, when you have players like Karen Kate, Gornia McNichol, um, you'd Claire O'Keefe and goals, Adine Mullen, um, you know, like the ta- trees of McElroy, like the talent was just endless, you know, that year with us. It was the replay was in Ashburn, wasn't it, that day against Galway? Uh-huh. Um, so it was the twenty 
9th of September, I think it was, was the replay because my sister got married the week before, the 22nd. And I remember that day, like in Croke Park, whenever we drew, and I remember just saying to Claire Kane, what if this match is on the day of Una's wedding? You know, it was just like, it was funny the wee things that you were thinking of. And then they ended up being away in their honeymoon um, that day we were in Ashburn, you know. So I think maybe, I think we were down at halftime um, in Ashburn that day. And then we actually, then we were the ones that came back, you know, to win it that day. But um, Karen Kilt, like she, she had a stormer that day too, you know, in Ashburn. And Sinead Cassidy, like Sinead Cassidy from Balearn, she just, she always performed. She just was, a, she's like a wee greyhound. She just never stops running, you know. So she was carrying balls and all the time, you know, that day. You were saying there about uh, just, you know, thing like a replay. It just mm-hmm. shows you how much, you know, players and managers and I suppose families attached to those teams. You just plan everything around it and... Yeah. Holidays and weddings are planned for after finals and replays yeah. are never considered. Yeah, <laughs> you know, well, it's like... that is, that's exactly right. Like, or my own wedding was, I we booked it for a Thursday. And I remember like people saying, what, it was like the 22nd of July. So, um, and I remember people saying, why are you booking it for a Thursday? And I was like, well, there's definitely going to be no, co-. like we played, um, I think it was Limerick or Tipperary or somebody, we played the Sunday before my wedding. And like, I, I remember just, we were, we went and booked it and it was purely because there would be no chance of there being any matches on that we would clash with um and you know there's been there's been many like i missed you know a few of my cousins weddings you know during the day because we had games you know down south or whatever and then you came back that night and would have went to the evening do but like the amount of I mean, I mean, sacrifices like lightly. I don't mean that I've sacrificed a lot in a negative way, but there's so many things that, you know, you just said, no, I'll have such and such that day or we're playing such and such that day, you know, and even mummy and daddy. Like when I think back, mummy and daddy traveled the length and breadth of Ireland for games and mummy was, daddy was getting up to milk at half five the next morning, regardless of where you were playing, what time you were back. And mummy was getting up to go, to teach you know and you just think of the amount of effort that they put in um it's just it's crazy you know when when I lived in London for two years and you were flying back and forward for games and you know you're on about the county board earlier um like the Derry County Board were absolutely amazing that time you know like they they bought flights for me home for games you know all the time and they just I couldn't have said anything they were absolutely brilliant you know and like when you say there, like drama follows everywhere. I suppose if you, if you fast forward on to now, like like Derry are all Ireland Intermediate Champions again. And yeah, I remember I remember watching. We were actually on holidays the day the drawn game was on, sitting watching uh-huh. it, and, and and Ben and Jerry's looking at the uh, looking at an iPad and thinking if this free goes over here, Derry are yeah. gone. I know so they, they just about got the replay, but the replay they were unbelievable. Unbelievable! That was just um your girl. Lauren McKenna she was absolutely fantastic that day like I remember we were down near the road end where we were sitting and she just caught the ball right out in front of where we were sitting and you know whenever you're watching a match like that and things are just going right you know when you see that you know those sort of catches and you know they're 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 probably are there's a bit of luck in them as well you know but at the same time when things were going right you just knew there's not a hope Derry's going to lose this you know that 
and even Maria McNichol's point, you know, from over along the sideline, like that it was just unbelievable. was unbelievable. I don't think you'd ever see anything, you know, like that for a long time. You know, just when it was needed. When it was needed, but but it's the fact that Maria and Grania are so, you know, they're so calm. Um, you know, they look so calm when they're striking a ball, and you know, if you watched Maria, you probably wouldn't even think it would have travelled the distance that it did. But it just was. It just was came at the right time, and it was. I suppose it probably gave Derry a lift at the time as well. Do you know that it really um, gave them, you know, something that they knew they could push on. So I think they conceded the penalty shortly before that. I think, and uh-huh. I think Meath took it back to a point, and then and then obviously Derry started to to, to yeah. turn the corner again. Yeah, like it's amazing to think that you know that is twelve years ago from we won the intermediate, and it took that length of time for it to happen again. Um, you know, and you think if that if it's another twelve years before they win the intermediate again, you know, that's you're talking into like twenty thirty something. You know, it's just it's kind of it's hard to comprehend. Yeah. Um, you know, well, I remember and, talking to PJ before, and he was saying that it was sort of the ultimate transition. They'd lost so many girls from last year. Like I think the Cork beat them maybe by a point last year, and it was literally a rebuild. But uh-huh. it was a very young team. You yeah, know, they, they, yeah, they, they do seem. They do seem like there's actually a few of those players. I know of their names and I know of them, but I've never, you know, I wouldn't. They wouldn't have been girls I ever would have played against or with. You know, the likes of, um, you know, Maria McNichols, probably Emer Mullen. Remember, do you remember she hurt her knee or she done her yeah. knee there? Um, you know, those are the girls that I would have played with when they were starting to come onto the team. Like probably in my last year or two. Um, is whenever I was playing with them. So there's a lot of those girls that are are very young, you know, and it's maybe making me realise how old I actually am. And then Cassidy, who played on both teams. Yeah, I know. She's Aoife's just she's on a, another level. Like me and Claire O'Keefe, um, any any dairy match, like Claire, we're always there together, and like Claire just worships the ground Aoife walks on. But she's just she's unbelievable. She's so um secure you know when you never you know whenever a ball comes in like if if you were a goalie with Eva in front of you um you know you're you're sure to be that she's not gonna lose it you know she's just she's unbelievable and I suppose from a dairy point of view and obviously Antrim and Down well Down won the intermediate and then we're up up in senior but yeah. you know where does Ulster Camogie go from here because like you know, you have three teams that are regularly pushing, and then you have Armagh, or Armagh, or unluckily beaten by Antrim in a junior final, and things yeah. like that. So, where, where does yeah. Ulster, Ulster Camogie go sort of over the next, you know, what five years or whatever in, in terms of progress? Well, when I, you know, when I think in 2012 we played senior Camogie, definitely in 2013, and then maybe they played in 2014. Um, you know, after that, but I suppose the fact that Down um, have held their own in the senior um is probably something already you know to say that you know that year we played after 2013 like we were able to compete but we you know we weren't able to sustain it um so the fact that Andrew and Down are you know are like Andrew beat Limerick up in Dunloy there do you remember in the was that in the championship yeah. um you know and I suppose it's like anything, if they have the players coming behind them in the under, you know, in the in the lower age groups and they can, you know, if they can maintain where they're playing 
at the minute and bring those girls along, then it's not to say I don't see like Andrew won senior championship, you know, previously, you know, when Jane Adams was playing, and there's no reason why it can't be done again. But I suppose when you look at Cork and Kilkenny, you know, I don't know what kind of strength and conditioning and training outside of the actual pitch that they do, but they just are, you know, they're unbelievable. The just even their their definition, their tone, you know, they're I don't know what what they be doing, but they're obviously training most nights of the week, um, trying to get them to that level. And so, like I was asking, Thompson was talking about she. There was some she referenced even the Limerick was somebody she knows. She knows a few people in the Limerick hurling squad. So even the yeah. links there, where they were sort of yeah. nearly tapping in, nearly tapping into what they were doing, and uh-huh, uh-huh. maybe like in a mentality point of view, nearly. Yeah, um, I suppose like all those things probably cost money as well. You know, I'm sure yeah. those people aren't just doing it for free. Um, so I suppose. That there's a money aspect too that it comes down to that you know teams are going to need that sponsorship or that money put into you know the likes of strength and conditioning and physios and nutritionists and all those you know there was nothing like yes we got a physio when we were playing um you know you had access to a physio anytime you needed it but at the same time there was no we didn't do any gym work um and we didn't have any nutritionists or you know we did get dinner after trainings you know some maybe a couple of years but it wasn't consistent you know um so maybe those teams like the Cork and Kilkenny and Galway and the Camogie teams are getting that all the time you know and it's it's probably playing dividends to them now so I suppose in terms of is that the big thing I would say so like well if you combine it with nutrition obviously yeah. they always um you know you see Paddy Heaney there talking about you can't outrun a bad diet you know so <laughs> like he's so right what he's saying you can do all the work you want but if you're going to sit in the sofa and eat you know chocolate and crisps after it um as much as you'd want to but I suppose when you see what those teams are doing, um, it might take a while for Antrim and, you know, down to catch up, but they already are catching up. You know, they're they're getting into the mentality of what they have to do, but it's it's the maintaining of that and the cost of it, probably. You, you mentioned Claire McMullen earlier. She's my cousin. And uh, mm-hmm. the day that my brother got married, um, us and uh, Chrissy and Carly McCaig, who were on the wedding, went up to Sunhill pitch for photos. Mm-hmm. And Claire was there with her with her son Frankie, and she had mm-hmm. one of the GPS vests on, and she was literally training for twenty minutes because that oh, was the twenty minute window in the day where she could train, and she obviously maybe had no childcare or whatever, and Frankie was basically walking about as she was training, but that she was that mentality. I need to find yeah. twenty minutes to get this done. Yeah, and that's probably probably needs to be multiplied across probably every team to try and bridge that gap. Mhm. Like I um. I'm very friendly with Woody or Dominic McKinley, do you know? So, yeah. like, he... he, he I know. He's back this year, you know, with Slack Neil. And, like, I was keeping him going at the start of the year. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you said you weren't going back and everything. And then he was like, oh, no, no. But, you know, he he even would say to me about the mentality that the Slack Neil Camogues have, you know, about just the determination. Like, examples, like, obviously, I did, he didn't tell me anything about that, like, Claire doing things like that, but, you know, he would say about how they know they have their own work to do. So that's obviously what he means, you know, is that they go and do 
their own gym work or they do their own runs and things and you know even at just even club level like that's huge you know um like when I think of Cargan like there is girls there that are going to the gym three or four times a week but not everybody's doing that do you know so if you have people who are going to do that if a whole team's going to do that like it's it's bound to pay off in the long run you know and it clearly has for Slack Neil. As PJ said that day after All Ireland, he's he's just hoping that by by next year that you know more people will buy in because to be fair, like I was up at um there was a meet and greet night before the final and Paddy Downing and he's the chair of Derry Camogie and he yeah. was there and he was very enthusiastic about what they're trying to do and, and uh-huh. in terms of marketing the team and social media and really trying to give it a give it a presence. So I suppose that all rolls into something that I suppose that, that Derry will probably need to follow. I suppose. Yeah, um, but see, when you have people like Paddy Downey or, you know, the county board weighing in like that as well, um, you know, if they if they can see the progress that's that can come with, you know, support from the county board, then, you know, when you have support from the county board, I think that's huge, you know, when they are willing to provide, you know, with whatever the girls may need. Um, so hopefully... I would hope that Derry would maybe hold their own. And as you say, maybe some of the younger ones maybe might come along, you know, and join next year. And like, it can, it can only benefit like Derry Camogie as a whole, you know, the girls doing so well this year. And finally, I know conscious of our time because uh, you, you're, get, you're getting back to childcare very shortly. Uh, yeah. Um, you'll, be, you'll be waiting on the, you'll be waiting on the, the call. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the last Friday night, uh, probably like like every other Ulster person, you're glued to the Late Late Show, and and Mary McAleese was on, and I suppose mm-hmm. she's she's taken on board the the integration project, and it's something yeah. that has to go. Do you feel, or wh- wh- where does it need to go, or how important is it? Well, like I definitely think it's it's long overdue. Um, you know, to be fair, I've been really lucky with Castle Dawson and Cargan. Um, we've never really had any issues of getting pitches, um, you know, and support from the men's club. Like they have been, you know, in Castle Dawson, there was never an issue. There was a lot of support from the men and Cargan is the same, you know, even just for us training, like the boys are very cooperative. Like, you know, maybe we would share a pitch or they would train, they would warm up maybe on the back. There's a wee bit of grass behind the back of the top pitch and you know a lot of the time the senior men would train warm up um in there and then when we finish then they move on to the big pitch so you know I suppose we've been really lucky that our club are nearly following the one one club model already without amalgamate but I think it's in the process of this year you know that they're talking about having the amalgamation um especially in Cargan anyway like they're doing it already you know anytime we have any fundraisers or anything you know it's all sort of going in under the one umbrella um and I know there's probably clubs and counties out there that don't pull together and I think it I do think it's a pity um because when you see in the background the amount of work that women and I'm probably being sexist saying that but when women do you know with coffee mornings and you know baking and things like that you know there's so much that women and men can do together um so in a way I'm glad that it's coming to that and it has to be done and especially just for camogie and ladies football you know to maybe prevent clashes and games and you know we've a lot of girls that play ladies football for money glass and you know they're trying to split their time between going to football and going to camogie and you know it's hard too but um I definitely think it's 
can only benefit you know the whole GA as a whole you know if it if it does when it does come together. I think if any decision makers are, are listening to this podcast, even even what's going on in the Clotter Valley, you know, is even probably the perfect example of, of yeah. what needs to happen. Like you're trying to, you know, there's Camogie, there's there's Hurling, there's the football, Kalishal, whatever. So just yeah. suppose in, in, a, in a summary, it, it probably just has to work. It has to work, um, you know, and for the benefit, it's really, it's not all about us, the older people, the older generation. It's all about the younger ones coming through. You know, you want to give them the best opportunities and, you know, you see what sport does in general, not just the GA, but sport in general, that what it does for children, you know, and bringing them out of themselves and just letting them socialise and, you know, watching their confidence grow. So, you know, the older ones... you know our generation up you know we have to be thinking of you know our days are numbered of playing so we really need to be thinking about what we can do for the younger ones to make it a more enjoyable you know experience for them and I suppose that's that's the beginning of it really. Katie thanks a million for your time um such an interesting chat uh Antrim, Derry, Tyrone, Errigal, Ladies Football, Camogie um uh, just an inspiration and uh, I suppose it's maybe finish up uh, now with, with Mickey Hart coming across the, the road to Derry the, the border's definitely the border's definitely gone I know like Mickey's are literally our next door neighbour like where we live in Ballygolly here and I couldn't believe it whenever I it was Claire O'Keehan had sent me the tweet um, the Louth tweet and I was yeah. like oh my goodness and like I had saw I had saw Mickey on Sunday Glenn Cole had a fun day you know down at the primary school there um the primary school had um in one year the principal got a sports hall built and a 3G pitch so it was being opened on Sunday and then Mickey was there but I was I just I'm delighted I know there's probably there's a lot of mixed emotions about it but I think it's absolutely brilliant like he's clearly He's clearly good at what he does. He's done it with Throne. He's made huge progress with Lowe's. So I'm excited <laughs> to see what he does with um with Derry. So Derry for Sam. Yeah. <laughs>